Hello everyone, I'm Cynthia Ichisum and welcome to Startup Stories with Cynthia. This is where we talk about the real, relatable, inspiring and exciting journey of startup founders. So, let's get straight into it. So yeah, welcome everybody to Startup Stories with Cynthia. We're about to have an amazing session with Anthony Wamba. Just, just let me give like a bit of context so that you understand, you know, how far Anthony has really um, come to, you know, get to this point of founding a company. Uh, it will surprise you to know that he was the former creative director at Rage Media, and he went on to become the lead product marketer at um, Identity Pass, right? We know Identity Pass, but it's quite a startup here in Nigeria. And now he's the founder of Gova. I mean, trust me, it's not a small journey. And in the middle of all of that, he's, he had a company prior to that time, <laughs> prior to starting Gova. And we're about to have a, a wonderful time learning about the lessons and just learn about his journey. So it's so good to have you here, Anthony. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So let's dive deep. Um, when did you realize that business was going to be your thing? Uh, so for me, yeah, I'd say it came late, right? <laughs> uh, but like a combination of different things, right? So I'd say, um, first of all, I'm a Nibo guy, right? <laughs> you know how like he works with uh, Anthony and Sons or Chino mm-hmm. Sons kind of mm-hmm. stuff, right? So my parents were were business people, right? Mm-hmm. Growing up, my dad had like a um, block making factory, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom had um, like this oil company. She used to work like in a refinery, right? Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a where everybody was doing business. Mm-hmm. But my thought head, I, I didn't actually see myself doing business, right? Mm-hmm. I actually wanted to grow up and join the Navy. Wow. Yeah, I wanted to like join the Navy, right? So I had at the back of my mind, right? So when they were like, go to school and read engineering, I was like, yeah, I read engineering, but... I'd end up in the Navy, right? <laughs> so, yes, um, along the line, I started embracing um, the concept of, like, business, right? Mm, mm. Uh, and how, like, how business works, um, the impact that it does, like, um, not just to yourself, right, but to the people who are working for you, right? You're mm. actually also making their lives better, like, you're paying them, you're, you're working with them, you're trying to make them also grow, right? And you're funding, mm-hmm. you're like make, creating this bond like with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that like, because of that, I actually fell, like, fell in love with like business. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. So it was really from like childhood. Do you remember like what it was like watching your dad um, build that block baking industry? Did you call it a block baking? No, like block, block making, like block, block making. making. Oh yeah, oh yeah. block making. So yeah, yeah. what was it like watching him um, build that business? Were, were there times where you, you were like, oh no, I'm not gonna get into business because it was it was a struggle, or was it like smooth sailing all the way through uh, with your dad's business? So for the block make, making like industry, right? Is uh, like your dad kind of business in the sense that you actually come back home looking dirty. <laughs> I come out, come out with like cement and like um, you know how you, like imagine like making like um, blocks right yeah so um, 
he has to go take a shower, then he, ha- he eats, then starts justing us like, oh, this is what F Young did today, right? Or um, he's excited that, oh, he sold a lot of blocks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or he's like, I'm not what markets to do. Like, today was a very good day, right? Yeah. Um, so you could see how uh, the day to day, like, uh, you would know when today was good and when it was not good. Like, the day was good and when it wasn't good, right? Because um, the way he comes back, you know how your dad comes back, he just gave yeah. his mood from the door, right? Yeah. But today's a can't ask for anything. He sold, he sold blocks. Today's yeah. not a good day. You've not done your assignment, can't hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that kind of, um, mm-hmm. kind of feeling. So, but for me, it just, I knew that from like from that early stage that business was not easy, right? And yeah. for you to actually make the best out of it, sometimes you need to actually get your hands dirty. Right. So, Literally for your dad, right? <laughs> so he wasn't the kind of person that would say, oh, I employed these guys to do this job. Let me just mm-hmm. sit back and watch them do, mm-hmm. right? So you actually, sometimes I can actually come and I'll see him holding the, like, shovel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he has changed his clothes, like, his attire is wearing something else, like, because he wants to be, like, part of the action. Mm-hmm. And that sort of like, rubbed up for me, like, even, like, nowadays, right? I always want to be in the thick of the action mm-hmm. and all that. So, so yeah, interesting wow. time. Wow, interesting, really interesting time. So what was the trigger for you? Why were you interested in Navy? Like, why didn't your parents inspire you to get into business? Because usually people would say, oh, when I watched my dad, I was like, oh, I want to get into this, right? Um, so what made you really, really interested in, like, Navy? <laughs> I can't even believe it, but actually it was <laughs> movies, right? <laughs> movies, and, movies and PlayStation. So I, I, I used to love playing, like, um, um, games, right? PlayStation. <laughs> And um, like, and I watch movies. You know how these guys? There's war. There's there's an issue. They send them in. Mm-hmm. They eliminate the enemy. You know, problem solved. And they're back. Their their families are waiting for them. Yeah. You know, I'm missing them, and they come back alive. You know that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. Yeah, so it just I just wanted to have that. Uh, I like to solve problems, right? Mm-hmm. And I like to also like want to see the impact of what I'm doing. Yeah. So I just felt like the Navy. So it wasn't the army, right? Because there was this misconception about like the army, like mm-hmm. um, the Navy that they were clean. You know, like have you seen the Navy person before in their uniform? <laughs> very, very clean, standard. You very know, that kind of thing. spotless. <laughs> As in spotless, that's the right word. So, so yeah, um, mm-hmm. movies are like PlayStation. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So you you went to uni, like so for uni was it like a Navy? college or something <laughs> far from me <laughs> i went to private university in Ghana. <laughs> that's so far that's so very far. very far very very far right very very far back or was it like by accident like you were looking for university in nigeria and they say like there's no space go to ghana no funny enough i actually went to federal university of technology over right hmm. Okay. So um, I, I did like two years there and um, got into some trouble, right, um, with some bad guys in school like that. Uh, yeah, so I had to I had to switch schools, right? And, um, so that's when like, I, I went to Ghana to like continue my studies. So I had to start uh, afresh again. Start afresh. Right? Yeah, wow. but really grateful for 
for, for that, that period of my life because um, wow. it helped me a lot. Yeah. Is this something that you want to share, like the trouble you got into? I mean, I'm just winking here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll not just go like dive deep into it, right? Yeah. But um, so I had some issues with like the bad guys in school, right? So courses, right? So yeah. they wanted me to join, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, guy, I can't. Right, so you know, where these guys start to like torment you, like trying to intimidate you and all that. So, I just went home, right? I just told my mother that, like, school is not in session, that like I'll be at home till like school is in session, right? Yeah, and when the whole thing casted was so, I had this neighbor that was going to my school too. So, my mother would go and say that this guy, school is not in session, but he's still in school, right? I'm like, no, that you know, I want to spend time with you guys, right. So that's yeah. why I'm here. But <laughs> after a while, like my mom has a way of like getting the truth out of me, right? So that's I was like, this was happening. She's like, okay, okay, I get, I get. You're not going back, right? And that was like how like I switched. Yeah. No. And and that was like, I'm sure that was like really, really helpful. Because after after Ghana, you came back to Nigeria and then you you got a job at Rage Media, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that switch was actually really amazing for me because after I finished and I go back to do NYS, right? Yeah. True story. Some of yeah. my guys, like I left, like you know, because I I did two years, right? Then I did four years in Ghana. Yeah. So when I came, that's like six years, right? Yeah. When I came back to NYS, mm-hmm. I still met some like some people like that we entered that university <laughs> together, like photo together, right? They are not graduated, or they were just graduating, so they were having issues with their mm-hmm. names reflecting NYC portal. So I was like, ah, oh God, this was what you were saving me from. I actually, get, now I get, now I get, I get, I get. So yeah, like, uh, so that's how I go back, right? And, uh, and then when you go back, NYC straight up. Was that how you found Rage Media? Yeah. <laughs> um, how I found Rage Media is it like. It's an amazing story on its own, right? You could tell, like, you could write a like, book about, about like, how I joined Read Media. So mm-hmm. I joined Read Media from a very good friend of mine, Wisdom, right? He gave mm-hmm. he gave my my Xbox boss, um, George Murrow, like, mm-hmm. a referral, right? So George was looking for a graphics designer, mm-hmm. right? And um, so he was like, yeah, I know someone. And he was like, okay. Let me let me let me see this guy, and he gave me my number, and we spoke, and um, so that was how like I I got to know George for the first time, right? Yeah. Um, so that's when I joined Rich. Um, oh. Yeah. So that's like the, if I want to go like like dive in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so after NYSC, yeah, I was looking for a job, and I did not get a job, right? Six yeah. months had gone. So wow. I, I my, yeah, so I grew up in Portacot, right? So I, I came to do NYSC in Abuja. So the plan was after NYSC, you get the job, you stay in Abuja, mm. right? So I gave my I told my parents that say just give me six months, I'll sort out myself, right? Let me just yeah. get something to do, and they're like, okay, that's fine. Mm. So I was looking for a job, submitting my CVs to. Um, um, offices here in Abuja, right? Mm-hmm. Because I studied electronics and communications engineering mm-hmm. and graduated with like good grades, right? So I was like, getting a job shouldn't be very hard, shouldn't be difficult. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was shooting very hard, right? Mm-hmm. And I was going office to office, dropping my CVs at the gates with gates men, tipping them to say, please, if I got pass, give him my envelope. You know, <laughs> just try anybody that's important, just give them my envelope, right? my CV. Wow. And I did that for like six months and um, nothing happened. <laughs> so it was, it was <laughs> my parents were calling me like, guy, how far now? Um, mm-hmm. Come back home. Come back to Port Harcourt. And no, I can't go back then. Port Harcourt is not for me. Mm. Right. Um, so I started modeling. That <laughs> I know you will laugh. <laughs> oh my God. Right? Our founder and CEO was a, was a model. <laughs> That's crazy. I modeled. I did ushering, right? <laughs> I did ushering. I served food. See, I, I went what? to a lot to this Kabuja. Oh my God. I actually worked like a lot in Abuja, right? I was just doing all these things just so I have like a reason to, you know, to stay, like have something doing, right? That's crazy. And oh, yeah. So I went for fitting, like I was supposed to model for someone, right? There was a collection that the person was having, so I was supposed to go for fitting, right? Before mm-hmm. the, the day of the shoot. It was an area one guy, I think. And yeah. uh, Funny enough, I saw this NGO. They were doing like free skill acquisition. Yeah. Right. So then when I was like, ah, let me see now. They're like, okay, they're bringing people, they're teaching people catering, makeup, fashion, like sewing. I was like, ah, I can't do all these ones. Though. Yeah. And so the guy was like, what of graphics design? I was like, okay, what's that about? He was like, yeah. oh, tell me what graphics was about. Graphics design was about. I was like, okay. He was like, today is the third day. It was a one-week like skill acquisition program that they were doing, right? Mm. So today is like third day. Like I'm already late. So I should just go to the center and um register, right? And join mm-hmm. the class and see if they were gonna accept. So it was like a shop, like you know, this printing press, like yeah. in like like how uh, what they call it, more plaza is mm-hmm. at the right? Mm-hmm. This is at mm-hmm. Like, it was one of those printing press like that. So mm-hmm. I got there, joined the class, there were about, like, 10 people. So, I, like, that's how I, I, like, I started doing graphics design, right? Mm-hmm. And I wrote the exam. I passed. I came, I came like, the number one. Right, wow. In class. Yeah. So the deal was that the fe- they were going to retain the first person for, like, three months, right? Mm-hmm. Then if you're good enough, you can now employ you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was there for like a couple of months, I think three months, mm-hmm. and no pay. There was no pay. All you had to do was come to the office, watch the designer design. They'll give you assignments. Mm-hmm. You do. They'll, after a while, I started doing like stuff for like customers that come in, right? They'll say, Tony, come and design this stuff. I'll do it. Wow. And that was how I got into graphics design. And that was how I got into wait, wait, the wait. point. <laughs> So okay. are you telling me like are you are you referring to those graphic designers in like UTC that you go meet? Yes. Like, are you yes. serious? Oh my yes. so that god! Was, that, was how, that was how like I, I came I came in contact with like graphics design. Trust me, my trust me, like amazing mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was when George was the graphics designer, and I trust mm-hmm. me, I was not. Do I was just getting like trying to like carve like a niche for myself, like in graphics. Mm-hmm. And so, then all I knew about graphics was logo 
I was doing logo for like 5k, 10k. Yeah. I think the highest that someone paid me for a logo was 30k. Huh. I threw it back. <laughs> like someone paid me 30,000 for logo. Mm. I did like 12 logo samples for that guy at 30k. Mm. And I think about it now, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I still have that logo on my system, like my first ever logo. <laughs> very, 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 very crazy. So yeah, that's when I met George, right? And um, I started working for George at the um, Rage Mini. Wow. So, yeah, wow. Backstory yeah. to, to my journey to Rage. That 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 is like a very beautiful story. Like walking, if you walk backwards, right? You see that like yeah. it wasn't easy, and you did all sorts of odd jobs just to get just to get to you know that point. Uh, just to give because I noticed that you about NYC um let me just do a quick um you know explanation for for our international audience so usually in our country Nigeria uh, we have this thing called NYC where after um our education the university we get to um serve the country for a year right so during that one year apart from going to camp and doing all sorts of uh, military engaging in all sorts of military activities you get to work in a company um, as your PPA, your primary place of assignment, where you, you get appointed to that company and you get to work there. So normally you're supposed to be given like a company to work in. So if, I mean, you're hearing Anthony, he's saying that he, he couldn't find a company, right? He had to go look for them. That's how, that that's like the worst case scenario for anybody who is doing NYC. So that is such a very crazy um, story. But I know that you working at Rage Media definitely shaped a lot about you and and in the middle of all of that, of you working at Red Media, you had your your first company. Uh, tell us about that um, journey towards finding your, your first ever company. Okay, so, <laughs> so I joined Red I think it was in 2017, 2016, so I can't remember like, like when, right? So I joined as a graphics designer, right? Um, grew to become the art director, grew to become, later became like the creative director, right? So my time at Rage Media actually shaped me, right? When mm. it comes to like business, when it comes to like leading, handling people, um, creating like, uh, making business more like family, mm-hmm. sort of like thing, right? It's sort of mm-hmm. like, hey, you're the boss, hey, all of you bow down, like that kind of stuff, right? So it was like an amazing time, like for me in, in, in Rage. Mm-hmm. Um, so during my time at Rage, I, I created this. Uh, like when I had like my my first startup, right? Mm-hmm. It was called like GadgetLab.ng, mm-hmm. right? Um, GadgetLab.ng. Um, so in fact, before I created like GadgetLab.ng, I created like a tech company, right? Oh. So the idea, like, yeah. So I said initially, like I like to solve issues right mm. so i didn't see startup like how we see startup nowadays right mm. i just wanted to create products that were solving issues yeah. like solving problems mm-hmm. so that's what, I, that's what i wanted to do so i said okay you know what i need to create like a tech company right yeah. so i'll just have like lots of products under that tech company that's just solving issues ranging from like e-commerce Mm. down to like mobility, like whatever issue that we have, right? 
I don't even remember, even if it was like election. I just wanted to just create something that was going to um, solve a problem. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let me create a company. So the company was called Tech Tribe at the time. So the idea was to have like people, like it was supposed to be a tribe, right? To just have mm-hmm. like a community of people, like-minded people that wanted to solve problems using technology, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that was when we created like our first product called like, um, called GadgetLab.ng, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea came out of, so I had this friend, right? So she went to GSM Village. So in yeah. Abuja, we have GSM Village because we have computer village. So yeah. GSM Village to, to fix her phone, right? And mm-hmm. so when she got there, she like, they were just dragging her. Like, my friend, call me a fine girl. Someone would mm-hmm. like, have someone touch her breast. Like, you know how uh, my sister, like, it was just, mm-hmm. so she came back and she was just telling me that she's never going to that place again. In fact, she's, not, she's going to buy a new phone. Right, and I was like, you're not the first telling me this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is what like females, and not just females alone, right? If, as a guy, it gets really irritating. So mm-hmm. I don't have breasts for them to hold, right? But um, they can just be dragging you, right? Come mm-hmm. on, come on, fix your phone. Yeah, that kind of a thing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a solution for this problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that the solution to the problem was actually GadgetLab.ng. The mm-hmm. fastest place for you to fix your phone online. So the USP was that would help you fix your phone in less than 30 minutes. Yeah. Right. So all you had to do was go, go online, gadgetlab.ng, book a repair, put your name, the model of your phone, what's wrong with your phone. A rider will come and meet you, pick up your phone, bring it to examine it, let you know what the cost is. You you transfer like pay, make payment, right? And we fix it and we get it back to you without you leaving your house. Wow. So that, that was the idea of Gadget Lab. Yeah. And this was when? This was 20... I think this was 20... 2019 ish. Yeah. 2019. 2019, 2020. 2019, 2020. I, I know yeah. I know for sure that right now you're you're no longer doing Gadget Lab because you, you now have like a, a new startup. Can you tell us why you had to like um stop doing Gadget Lab? And how long was that? Okay, so um, so this is what happened, right? And Gallup taught me like a really big lesson, right? Uh, when it comes to like startup, uh, you can have like a great idea, right? You can actually execute it right, also, but you have to also get the timing right. Mm. So, so why I did Gallup? One of the reasons was I was like, okay, if people are using Jumia, because that Jumia was actually booming in that period yeah. people were ordering stuff i used to order stuff on junior i was like if people are okay with actually ordering online right from i think olx was still on then and the mm-hmm. rest right mm-hmm. i felt like okay this was the perfect time for me to have a gadget lab so i built the funny story i built the site myself using wordpress <laughs> so so i'm the kind of person that if i want to do something right i think mm-hmm. that do a lot of things. The things that like, I cannot do at the moment is actually like to code, right? <laughs> um, back end, front end. Um, I can't do either of that at the moment. And that's because I'm not actually set my mind to it. If I did that, I do. I now become, <laughs> I become a programmer. 
right? Mm. But I wanted, I wanted to actually build the solution, right, to help people like my friend. So I watched a lot of tutorials, built the site using WordPress. I had help with some of my colleagues, right? I had mm. a couple of people join me in Tech Tribe. Shout mm. out to God, God Jacobs, right? Yeah. And then Timothy were really, really helpful because I didn't have like a tech background, right? This mm. was just a, a creative director who wants to like change the world using technology. So when I run into trouble, I'll shout out to Daniel also, Daniel Daniel. I'll mm. call these guys and they would help me fix up some parts and they'll yeah. give it back to me to continue, right? Mm. But the timing was not right for Gadget Lab. So I launched Gadget Lab in, I think, May 14th, right? Mm -hmm. And for like one month, I only got one order. Wow. <laughs> so I was, I was getting inquiries through Instagram, like through the DM, right? But people were not actually booking online. Mm. And I was like, I went through hell trying to create this, this platform, right? Mm -hmm. and it's for your own convenience. Like, someone will call you. There was a customer rep that will call you, right? Yeah. That will handle you. And everything. I was like, why are people not booking? So someone would send me a DM on Instagram mm -hmm. be like, screen is bad. My <laughs> X screen is bad. How much is it? I'll, I'll reply and say, oh, thank you so much for reaching out to us on Gadget Lab. <laughs> if, you could, if you could please go online at www.gadgetlab.ng, book your repair. Oh my the customer God. will get back to you. I That's the end. So I won't hear from the customer again. <laughs> so this went on for like a month. And I said, I was like, I know there has to be, <laughs> there has to be a, pro a problem, right? So I said, mm -hmm. replying them on the DM. So when they say, oh, my phone is bad, I answer them, okay, like, I think this was wrong with it, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, okay, how much is it? I reply, they'll make a transfer. I will send the rider to go and pick up, <laughs> right? And fix and send it back to them. Mm -hmm. So it was down the line. I just forgot about the platform, right? <laughs> People are not using it. So I just realized that uh, the timing was wrong because people were not... Um, so the feedback I was getting was that... Because I started speaking to customers. Like, why? Right? Mm. Why? Mm -hmm. I'll give you my phone. Do you know how much I bought my phone? How do I give you my phone? Do you know what's on my phone? Right? Mm. Uh, like, I don't I don't trust your website. Like, how do I just... Uh, what if you steal my... So they wanted to speak. They wanted to interface with someone. Right? Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to their phones, their yeah. laptops, they felt comfortable that way. When they could call, they could call our line and would pick up, right? Mm -hmm. All that. So that was how I started getting orders into. I was like, okay, Instagram is still tech, right? It's still online. Yeah. It's tech. <laughs> so we move. So I, that's, I said that. So it got to a point where, so I had like an office space, right? It was not where the technician was. So mm -hmm. I had a technician somewhere else, right, that was fixing this phone. So when you come to our office, I'll quickly give the, the phone to our customer rep. She mm -hmm. would sneak out, go and fix the phone. Out. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was like my MVP now, right? So I was just trying to test the waters and also like see yeah. how to achieve like product market fit, right? Yeah. At the time. Yeah. She would yeah. go fix the phone and bring it back, you know, I take pictures of the phone, I'll post it and all that. But after a while, like it was no, it was no longer scalable, right? Because I could get like four or five people in the <laughs> on their laptop, 
right? Sometimes I could get like eight people like in the office. It's crowded. Like they want to fix their phones, right? Mm-hmm. So I now had to get my own office space with my own technician with customer reps. So all the while it was at Rage Media they would just show up, right? Come again. No, so it was not a rage media. Um, so I had like an office space, right? Right above um, rage media. So then we are working at like in a shared working space, workspace, right? So yeah. I just paid for like a space also there, right? And um, so I was just running the business that way. So I had people who were actually working while I was at rage media doing my, okay. doing my job, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so um, after a while, you noticed that it wasn't working too. So I had to move, right? So I got my own office. Like it was a bigger space that could accommodate like a technician. Um, was mm. big enough to to accommodate like my workers, right? Uh, and the customers that would work in. Mm-hmm. So for, for graduate level, I always wanted to create an experience. It's like I said, it's earlier because I had a friend who had mm. that particular issue, and I checked out, and people, like a lot of people were having that problem, right? So it was about creating this experience for customers. Mm-hmm. So when you walk in, I wish I could like share like pictures of what Gadget Lab was looking then, but like mm-hmm. when you walk in, right? It was this. It was different from like GSMV. It was different from like Banex, right? It had this mm-hmm. whole convenience attached to it, right? Mm-hmm. Feel at home. When you come, mm-hmm. feel at home. So I had this massage yeah. chair. So when you come, you can sit on wow. it. Like it's massage your back, your neck, you know. You have control <laughs> over the seats and all that. So there was a laptop there. You could watch stream movies from Netflix. I just wanted to create, yeah. create that experience for customers, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was able to do this in my own space, right? Mm-hmm. So I did that for like two years. Mm-hmm. A, a year and six months, right? And uh, after, so COVID happened, uh, COVID happened, and rent was moving, the landlord, like my landlord then was like, he's not, he's not going to take out those, the months that I missed, like, there was just a lot of um, things that still with business that happened that period, that made it hard to keep, keep up with the experience, right? So, so yeah, but I'd I'd left read at some point, like to, to, like, for sure, yeah. the lab like full time, right? Yeah. So yes. So, so that. So after a while, I just said, you know what? I was going to shut it down. Wow. Right. Figure out how I was going to bring back tech into it. So mm. so yeah. Because it was no longer. I mean, that's just a very very interesting um, journey where you know you had this you know perfect idea of okay people should leverage tech. But the, the market wasn't ready. I think that's also another thing about the e-commerce space in, in Nigeria. You know, people still have a lot of um, trust issues in a sense, right? So, like, trust is, like, a major factor with leveraging technology, like, leveraging the online platform to get services done. So, people want that human interaction. So, you had to change your business model entirely. And yeah. over time, the business model w- wasn't, like, working because the expense was a lot, right, to keep up with. Uh, right, compared yeah, to yeah. demand, right, and so you, and you have to shut that. Oh my God, that's that's crazy, that's a crazy crazy journey. And then from there, you left Rage Media. You started to focus focus on this, and then after a while, you stopped. So what happened? Like, how did you find yourself in Identity Pass? You know, how long was that before you found Identity Pass? 
was was a long time. So from Gadget Lab, I actually created like created like another startup again. Like I said, I just want to solve problems using technology, right? Because yeah. a lot of a lot of issues have been solved using technology, right? Over time, right? So I just wanted to so I had like I saw a lot of problems that I wanted to solve. Yeah. So I went on to like have another startup that was called um Evently Africa, right? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, Evently Africa. So um so the idea behind Evently came came up when like I was planning my wedding, right? Mm. So emphasis on I planned the wedding because the wedding was supposed to happen in Abuja and my wife was in Lagos, right? Shout out to my, my beautiful wife. So <laughs> so I had to do most of the planning here in Abuja. I've never done the wedding. I think within my circle of friends, right, I was going to be the first to have like to plan a wedding, like we'll have a wedding. So mm. there was nobody I could call to say, bro, how fun who did that? Who did that um decor for you, right? Mm-hmm. Or could you be paid to do your small chops? Mm-hmm. I literally had to source for each vendor, right? Mm-hmm. Myself and all that. And it was a it was so much that I had to not get like an event planner at, at some point. Mm. Right. And so yeah, so now after I got like I got married, I had a couple of my friends that were getting married also. So I got married in November, November 6th. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, like my very close friend, like my circle got married the next week. I had another one get married like in December. Wow. And I had another one like that got married, I think just August before no, um, before my wedding in November. So yeah. like we all got married at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So I did the survey. I was like, okay, guys, let me know like the issue that you face during your wedding. Would you be an event planner, right? Why, why would you be an event planner? And from the answers I got, that, that's what led me to event evently, right? So it was a platform where you could go and source for like vendors, right? Mm-hmm. And you could actually bargain with these vendors. So yeah. you know how people make you feel bad? Like these vendors actually have a way of making you feel bad. So you, you meet a photographer and you're like, how much is it for photographer? And the guy is like, my least package is 500k. <laughs> I know like, bros, I know that your least package is 500, but can you do it for like 200? It's like, no, this is my rate card. I don't go below this. Jiggers. <laughs> So you start to feel bad, like ah, I'm broke. Am I going to go and do a wedding like this? Can I can I pull off this wedding right? So, but we event you could actually set like um like a price range, right? And mm-hmm. a couple of people in that price range. So it's not like you're meeting someone. This is making you feel bad about your money that you want to pay them, right? These are people who can actually work within your your price range. You mm-hmm. could see their portfolios. They're kind of like the works they've done. If you're okay with it, then you can now like reach out to them by gain and all that. So mm-hmm. that was what eventually was all about. You could book wedding like, event halls. So it was not just for wedding alone, yeah. right? We could help you like plan your wedding right from the day that you get like they propose to you or you propose to your partner, whoever. And then, so that was that was what eventually was all about. Hey, 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 let me just quickly jump in here to 
interrupt this amazing story i know i know don't worry i'll be out of here in no time <laughs> just wanted to let you know that you can follow me on all social media platforms and here's why beyond startup stories i do a little bit of startup education just talking about things that um startup founders need to be acquainted with for example investments how does that work what does it mean to build a team what are the minds what is the most important thing you need to have in mind while building a startup right and many more so feel free to follow me on linkedin instagram twitter same name cynthia ichiso all right let's get back into the story cheers awesome awesome so so eventually for me i feel like it's a very great idea so what happened like how why did you like why is it that we're not hearing about eventing again what happened after that so you know i said initially that i could do a lot of things right yeah so i was the product manager for evently i was the um, lead product designer for evently i was the founder <laughs> ceo of evently I was accountant. I was everywhere else in a size engineering, right? Mm-hmm. And I needed the engineering part of it to actually work. So I didn't want to use WordPress, right? Because the solution was supposed to be really custom-based in the sense that you can bargain, you can search, you know, you can do a lot of things with it. Yeah. So I got, like, some engineers on board, right? And I was paying, I was paying them. And I ran out of cash, yeah. right? Then... I offered them equity and we continue building mm-hmm. and we got to like like we had our mvp so what i did was i built the mvp using like a no code website right so it was all oh, people could actually um you could actually request right but it was a lean way of just requesting so we tell us who, who and who you need right we mm-hmm. just we had like a whatsapp group for djs we had the whatsapp group for like small jobs and mm-hmm. like people that could cook, right? So if you tell us what it was, we'll reach out to this guy and say, we have somebody who their budget is 500K for food, <laughs> who wants to pick it up, right? And people will say, okay, me, me. Then we refer them to the customer, right? Yeah. While we're building. And so, like I said, I gave the, the engineers um, equity. Mm-hmm. And after a while, the guy, so he, he, had, he was actually handling other jobs that were paying, right? Oh. And so after a while, he was like, oh, that event is actually taking like a lot of his time, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that he's a married guy and stuff like that. So I just understood. I didn't even want him to say anymore, right? I just knew that okay, I had to look for someone else that would finish finish mm-hmm. up like where he where he stopped. Uh, I was unable to get like someone right to continue. Mm-hmm. So eventually, is there anybody who wants to actually carry on, right? Can actually reach out to me. I have like. A whole lot like the design is there, everything is there just just continue, <laughs> continue like, where we stopped right i like the fact that you're paying the offer is on the platform go to somebody that's interested but did you get any customers like requesting for anything any photographer yeah so i did that's what i said so i ha- i went to court right i went to court like to chef i even spoke with the uh what they call this like the head mm-hmm. in the court the magistrate mm-hmm. where people get married. Yeah. Like, she, she loved the idea. She kept the flyer, right? And they were sharing it like when people come to have like their court weddings. So yeah, yeah we got a couple of like requests, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, but like I said, we're using the lean way. So you apply yeah. it on the website. I get like a notification on my email with your details. Yeah. Then I put your details on the WhatsApp group. Any vendor that wants to take it up, I refer the vendor to you. You guys discuss, agree price, and they execute for your wedding and stuff like that. Wow. And so you didn't get any commission for, for that connection? No? I just wanted to just help people. <laughs> right. So I had a friend that's like, he, he always used to say that, guy, like, your own tech is NGO. <laughs> like, your own tech is, is non profit. Like, I just want to be able to just help people, right, using technology. Like, like and how many? Then, come again. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you there. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, that was just like my goal, like, for almost everything that I've built so far. Right. I always had the customer first because I use products and mm -hmm. I know how angry I get when it feels like your products not about me, but I'm paying you money for this product. Mm -hmm. Right. So I always tell myself that like, if I build a product, it has to be really customer centric. Right. Because if I eventually turn it into a business, a paying business, these are the guys that keep me in business. Mm -hmm. So why you not make it happy? Yeah. So so for me, it's usually freemium, like give you the service, right? Mm -hmm. I want you to enjoy the service. I want you to feel like you're part of that service, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's it for me. Wow. How, how many people did you help in, in, in this process? How many people? So I'd say we, um, maybe 10-ish, ten ten. right? Okay. Uh, yeah, 10, more than 10, actually. But I'm just trying to... So no over exaggerate, right? Yeah. For like tennis for the short period that I that I ran. But also eventually also taught me another lesson. Right. Mm. Yeah, like so almost every product I've built. Like I have a lesson to learn from it. So mm. the lesson from that I got from evently that it was not the product, you know, gadget lab it was the timing. Yeah. Right. For evently it was about how like it was about how I was going about the product. So, mm. per se, um, do not necessarily want to go on the platform, right, mm. to look for vendors. Mm. So, everybody's looking for a good deal. So, they rather call Tony to say, Tony. So, funny story. Yeah. I have a, he knew about Evently, mm -hmm. right? Like a close friend that knew about Evently. And I was about to get married. And he wasn't even using Evently. He preferred to call me on phone to say, um, Tony, who you use for your wedding again? I beg, <laughs> if you talk to the government, you discount. Do you understand? I'm like, bro, don't worry. What's your budget? Just go on evently, right? And book it. Put your price range. We will definitely get somebody. He will say, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Once he ends the call, he's calling someone else that he knows has got some price. And it was not just him, right? Mm. People prefer to call in favors, right, during their mm. wedding because they're trying to, like, um, cut costs. Even yeah. if you're telling them that you can actually work within your budget, right? So they, they feel like, even this is my budget, because you've used this guy yeah. and he charged you 50K yeah. and you introduced yeah. him to me, he might charge me 30K because you've used him and now I'm using him and I'm also going to introduce him to someone else. Do you understand? So, yeah. like, how it works, right? So, yeah. I did not do that research, like, to know that, okay, this is how it works in the events, like in the events industry, right? In Nigeria. So like places like in the US, um, 
they they like wedding wire is actually doing amazing right mm -hmm. they're doing an amazing uh, amazing job um it's, it's the same platform just that eventually was supposed to be better than than that so yeah that was my lesson from evently wow wow that's that's a very very powerful lesson like what culture is very important um very habit, very, important. very important for you to understand like the habit of your customer you're not about to come and start imposing new behavior for them to adopt it might take a while for them to adjust but you have to understand that they already have like an existing behavior and you have to walk your way through that that's like that's like a very very beautiful lesson there and so from there you went on to do like another startup again house deal yeah i mean yeah how's it like, I mean, yeah. how did you get there how did you get... <laughs> so i used to work like while working in rich like we had a lot of like real estate clients right mm. um i worked in the real estate industry marketing like the real estate industry for for a while and so houses and you know houses are really expensive right so you want to own a house yeah. let me use Abuja for example mm -hmm. a two-bedroom maybe the cheapest you could get could be around 25m right mm -hmm. yeah in a not in, like in a very nice neighborhood like still like outskirts sort of right yeah. so i know like um un is actually estimating that population is going to get up to 400 right they're estimating that nigeria alone will get up to 400 uh, million by 2050. Mm. so it means that housing is actually going to be an issue and like i said before like culturally in africa people want to be able to afford the whole like their own house and get their own car right have a family and they are okay most people maybe get a business to add to it or they're okay where they're working but if you can tick most of these boxes right mm -hmm. marry the love of your life um get your own car get your own house mm -hmm. have a good job or have a good business as a nigerian you're okay mm -hmm. so I, I wanted to tackle the housing part of it mm -hmm. Right, so that's how housing came about. So housing was supposed to be, you were going to have like the best deals when it comes to real estate, right? Mm -hmm. Buying a home. So let's say a house is 30 million, right? If you go to the real estate developer, right? They will sell it for yeah, 30 million. But mm -hmm. at house deal, you could get it cheaper than that. You could get it for like 27 million or... 28.5 mm. right depending on the the real estate company right or the house the house and the area like there are lots of factors that actually affect real estate yeah. but the, the deal was that you would always get it cheaper from house deal so it was like a walmart but for, mm. for homes so that was wow. the idea wow if you could get it anywhere cheaper come we'll give you We'll give you cheaper. We'll, we'll take it down, like <laughs> take it more down, right? Take the price down a bit. So what? that was the idea for for house deal. Mm. I mean, so I know. As usual. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, go on, go. On. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. So as usual. <laughs> yes, as usual, I got the, um, I built the platform myself, the design, mm -hmm. right? I was managing the engineering guys, and uh, I ran out of cash again. <laughs> So this is a this is so when you see if you see any entrepreneur like or you see any person running a business outside, eh? 
just squeeze money and put it inside his head and tell him where done your right. Because, bruh, it's not easy. Right? Mm. It's not easy. And this time, the guy was not even interested in equity or whatever. He just wanted his money. Right? And after a while, I just... I stopped hearing from this guy. Like, wow. <laughs> I was calling him, he won't pick for months, like for three months. Mm-hmm. He didn't pick up my call. And he calls me one day and he's like, he wants to introduce me to someone else, right? That will continue the job. Instead of working with the person, it just didn't feel the same, right? But what happened was that I had to move the, I had to create an MVP also, right? Because for every product I build, I want to always test it out. So actually even know if it's actually solving um, the product I have in my head. You know, sometimes we just have this problem, right? We'll send out surveys, would find out if it's actually a problem, but it's there. But are people actually willing to use that platform? That's that's even the main issue, right? Yeah. yeah. They put, it's not that there's a, it's not like there's a problem. Yes, there's a problem, but yeah. people willing to use that platform to solve that issue, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. People are use people. In your mind, you're like it's an easy way, but people yeah. don't like change, right? <laughs> so they prefer the hard way, right? And the truth is, we we wear as as business owners and as startup founders, we wear this bias, like this bias glasses, right? That it's hard for us to take ourselves out of the perspective of, oh, I own this startup, this is a problem I want to solve, right? Yeah. And look at the perspective of the customer, right? You're bringing this person out of, you're changing the pattern of this person. You want to change the pattern of this person. Yeah. Do you think yeah. this person is willing to actually change their pattern? What are you actually doing to make them see the benefit of actually changing this pattern? Yeah. Like when I came into Abuja newly, um, it was it was difficult for me to find my way around, like to drive right around Abuja. So if I know one way to go to maybe from my house to the office, Mm -hmm. that's the only way I will follow. So if I'm using Google Map and Google Map is saying turn left, I know I'm supposed to turn right. Like the way I know is to turn right. Since I'll turn right to, I won't turn <laughs> left because that's what I know. It might be long, right? But that's mm. what I'm used to. So maybe one day, one day, I might just decide to turn, follow Google Map and turn left. And I find out, oh, it's short though. Oh, okay. Then I'll start going, like turning left. So I realized that, okay, this was like the issue with like customers, right? Mm. So the, what I decided to do was that always make it simple for the customer. Start with something that, even if there's a platform, right? Start with something that you're used to. So there are people are used to making inquiries on Instagram. So I created a page, Instagram, right? So I had a conversation with like real estate companies. We had like deals to say, okay, if I bring a customer, right? This is, if it's 30 million, no, you're not selling for 30 million, right? This is the deal. We had like our agreement that we signed and all that. So from Instagram, I run ads, people will see it. Then they would ask that, oh, how much is this? And I'll take them, you know, you'll go on the view. I never got anybody to buy a house though within that period. Yeah. But yeah, I took a couple of people to, to the site to like view. And it just proved to me that okay, there's something here, right? But maybe the timing is also not right. I mean, people are not okay with spending 30 million, 40 million like that from the internet, unless you're a trustworthy realtor, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So I had to look for you. I had to start looking for a way to um, become like a a realtor, 
Right. Yeah. I look at her, I was like, ah, when you're a married man, you're a newly married man, right? You can't be dashing engineers' money and all that, right? You need to go and actually look for how to replenish what you mm. what you spent and all that. So that was how um, I decided to um, join Identity Pass. Wow. Right. Yeah, decided to join Identity Pass. Wow. So, launching three startups and uh, failing at those three startups and then going back to <laughs> get a job because um, of family. But then after that, you are now you know, working on a fantastic idea that is fully funded, right? You guys just raised capital. And so maybe let's talk about, let's talk about that, you know, that the idea Right, and you working at Identity Pass, like how you got into that um, particular startup. Uh, yeah. Okay, so for me, I was particular about, so I was transitioning from um, having my own businesses, right, and failing at them, right, and being an agency boy, like working in a marketing advertising agency for mm-hmm. about five years, right. I was actually now to move into tech, um, into a product leg, like full product leg. Um, tech company. So I was particular about the company I want to join. Right. So it was not just going to be uh, any kind of company. Right. So I started researching on companies to join and um, came across Identity Pass. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I came across the, fa- the CEO and co-founder of Identity Pass, which is um, Larry Gume. Mm-hmm. And he's an amazing personality. Right. Um, and he was having like during an interview, he was like, they are trying to build the next unicorn in Africa, yeah. right? That was a really bold statement. So I know as a startup founder, right, we all have that um, that dream, right, to build like the next unicorn. Mm-hmm. But not everybody's bold enough to say it because the way you say it, you become accountable, mm-hmm. right? So like for me now, like, I've had like three failed startups. Imagine if like I'd come out to say, with the next unicorn, right? And <laughs> so I was like, this guy to say this, right? Mm. He actually means it, and he's actually going to do everything it takes for him to, for them to like achieve that um that unicorn level. So and as God may have it, there was an opening for like product marketer, right? Mm. Yeah, so because of my expertise in marketing advertising right and me transitioning into tech the best way so now remember i could i could do product design right yeah i took like courses on product management i took like courses on product design i took courses on product marketing i was like you know what i could do all these things but let me just do product marketing right let me do product but i'm going to bring everything that i have so my product design skill, my product marketing skill, my sales, everything that I have, right? I'm going to pour it out into this company. And we applied, spoke with um, Larry and other co-founders and it was like very, very chilled interview. And yeah, I got the job and I started. (laughs) And then a few months after you were called to, to, to become the CEO or you have, you have no, no. So, 
No, so um, so this is what happened, right? So I joined Identity Pass, right? And um, after a while, so I had this. So like I said, almost everything that I do to come out from solving a problem. So yeah. I went to Chicken Republic to get food to eat. Yeah. So drive through. I never. I, I can't remember the last time I walked into, like. And like a fast food to buy food, right? I prefer why I like to go to Chicken Republic because they have like drive-through close to my house. Yeah. So I went there and I wanted to make payment. Like I know that drive-through, there are cars behind, right? Yeah. And they already. So the girl was like, "What do you want to get?" I told her my gave her my order. And she's like, um, "Are you paying with cash or are you paying with POS?" I was like, "Oh, POS." And I put my hand in my pocket, and I forgot my card at home. Right, and I was like, like I just I was just whispering like, sis, how far can I transfer money to you, to your account so you can pay? She's like, no, they don't accept transfer. Huh. <laughs> so what it meant was that I had to drive all the way back home, right, yeah. to pick up my yeah. card and come back and join the line again. So it's not like they're going to respect you and say, oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I was here before, right. Cleared the road. No, I had to queue again. And I was furious, Cynthia. I was super angry. And that's yeah. not like the first time, right? There are times when I probably got out to, to like the supermarket, right, to buy something. And I forget my card, right? Mm -hmm. And I have to say, can you give me your card? Let me make this payment, right? Yeah. And she'll give me a card. But imagine scenarios where she, she forgot her card also, right? Then I would fix everything. In shop right, and we get there. And I was like, sorry, can we drop it back? <laughs> right? Because there's no card. So I I remember that identity pass was actually working on something called identity pay, right? Before they like switched to identity pass. Yeah. And identity pay was more or less like a biometric payment solution. Right. Mm -hmm. So I went back um and I went back to my boss. I was like, why did people even stop this identity pay? And this was coming from the point of, I was angry that saved your identity pay, right? Yeah. And I just made it and I've gone without my card. Yeah. So he explained to me that, oh, um, he explained to me the reason, like, why they had to move, right? There was a bigger problem with verification in Africa, right? Yeah. And they thought that, that was, like, that was a bigger issue to solve right yeah. so the movie switched to that uh i was just so restless i felt like this was a big issue that we could solve for people in the pain industry now um yeah. something to put i did not like fintech i don't like fintech industry i did not like it right I, i'm part of those people that believe that every day every day one fintech is coming like <laughs> that we have issues in this country to solve is the only <laughs> it's only one that people want to to solve, right? Mm. So fintech was not something that I even wanted to to do in the first place. Mm. But it was just so much of a it was just so pressing in my like in my heart that ah, this is a problem. Do you get yeah. facing it? And because a lot of people are facing it, right? Because I spoke to people and I'm like, this is a, a huge gap. Yeah. So I started speaking to like a couple of my colleagues, like um how far what do you guys think about this? And they were like, ah, I'm gonna make sense. So did you get mm -hmm. so I was like, you know what, guys, let's let's just go and tell 
these guys that um, we want to we want to reinvent identity pay, right? Um, it was a different vision vision for what identity pass was doing, right? Because mm -hmm. they wanted to solve the verification and security and compliance part of things like in Africa, right? Which is totally different from what the payment solution, right? So I went back to my boss. I was like, see, you know what? We want to do this, right? And he was like, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. That's okay. And I was, I was starstruck. I was like, I, I didn't expect it to be this easy. It was like, it's not like it's not an issue, right? They just felt like there was a bigger issue, like in the verification space that they needed to solve, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to the people, like the payment, people were okay in the payment side, right? So mm -hmm. Africans actually had issues with verification and all that. Yeah. I was like, okay, thank you. And I thought like it was just going to end. And when they called me, I was like, see, guy, um, you know, this is a different vision that we have, right? Yeah. We actually joined it for a reason. Right, because we wanted to chase this. Yeah. So you cannot serve two gods at the same time, right? Yeah. Either you focus on um, that, or you focus on the vision that we have. We, we like we need you hundred percent here, right? Yeah. We don't need you um, divided, or if you want. So I took some time out. I was like, oh, God, is this is the right thing to do, <laughs> right? Because. Um, like I'm head of product marketing at Identity Pass. I was head of product. Yeah. And I had the, a really good pay. Like I was I was lounging, remote working. I wasn't yeah. going to the office. I was lounging in my house, doing yeah. my work. Like everything was I had a good relationship with everyone in the office. Yeah. And I was like, but my coconut head will not let me rest. My coconut yeah. head that always wants to solve problem, problem for people, right? Yeah. I found myself, I was telling myself, guy, you want to go back to to, <laughs> to your money finishing? I mean, you feel like you've made money now, you want to go and dash one engineer. But I was like, you know what? Um, I did my research this time, like mm -hmm. I researched on the timing, all right? I researched on how to work around the culture and um, the behavioral like um, attitude of like the customer, right? So I took everything that I've learned in my previous like like startup. I was like, I failed for a reason, right? And it was actually for this moment. So I told my boss, I hear that I want to, I want to do this. I am not just going to do it alone. I have like a couple to do this for me. Right. And you were like, okay, that's fine. And so that was how we left our our true like Jesus in heaven <laughs> come down to earth <laughs> to save humanity, right? Uh, so yeah, that's when we decided to build Gova, right? Mm. So, but one thing that, so we don't have funding yet, right? Um, but we're actually looking for like investors, right? We're trying to close out. So I, I don't get to the position where I don't have money to pay like an engineer. Yeah, stuff. yeah right. So, so I, I'm taking I'm all the mistakes that I've made before in the past, right? And mm. I'm making sure that I don't meet them in this in this new startup. So I have amazing co-founders that I'm working I'm working with. So the product is called Gova, right? Yeah, yeah. So Gova is a secure biometric biometric um, payment solution system, yeah. right? So that's big grammar. 
in a yeah. nutshell, you can just go and make payments using your face, just with a glance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And my argument came out from the fact that imagine since you're going to borrow, you're going to borrow um, food item from your neighborhood shop, right? Yeah. When you go there to say, give me rice, give me beans, and the person says, okay, why do you think they're giving it to you? Mm, because it's you, right? Yeah, how do you know it's you? Yeah, because they saw me. <laughs> yeah, they recognize your face. Yeah. Right. If someone was to take off your face and maybe put their face and come and say, give me beans, give me this, they won't give them. Right? Because they cannot recognize who is asking for this thing. But they trust you because they know you. Mm-hmm. So the human face is actually a really important element, right? And if you look at it, you should reflect your net worth now, right? <laughs> it's not your card that should only reflect your, your financial net worth, right? You being present alone yeah. should be someone at the checkout counter, right? Give you, um, give you food item, yeah. right? I think they were going to shop, right? Saying, give me this, I'll pay you tomorrow. They will give it to him because they know it's David Do. He yeah. has the probably not with his wallet here. Mm. But if me and you go and say, give me this thing, they will cause security for us. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but we should be able to have that same um that same opportunity as David Do because we have the money, but it's not just with us. Yeah. We're not popular, we're not celebs, right? So mm. yeah, that's why we're building Garden Lab. And it's very, very secure. So yeah. Your card, there's no way for a merchant, like if you go to Chicken Republic to make payment, for them to know that you're the owner of the card. The only way that they, they can tell is if you know the password, right? Yeah. Now, let me give you a story. So I buy stuff using my wife's card sometimes. Yeah. She buys stuff using my card. Yeah. And the only reason why I can make payment is because I know her, her PIN, right? Yeah. The only reason why she yeah. can make payments is because she knows my PIN, yeah. right? So, and sometimes you can give your staff, like, take my card, go and buy this thing for me, right? And they go, they know your PIN, they can assess your card anytime, right? Yeah. So it's actually a bridge of security for you to actually share your PIN with someone, mm-hmm. right? Another bridge of security is, you know when you go to make payments with your card, when they tell you savings occurrence, I'm going to give you a hack, so they go and try it out, and then tell me if it works. So when you go and they tell you savings occurrence, Tell them default, mm-hmm. right? You're not entitled to know whether my card is savings or current, bruh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's for me, right? And if you look at your when you make payments with your card and they print out your that paper that they give to you, yeah, it has a lot of information about your card, yeah, that paper, yeah. right? So there's there's been like a lot of bridge of security in the payment solution that we have currently, right? So having like something that deals with just you, something that's just unique to you, right? Mm-hmm. For example, how can a froster come and hack your face? Do you understand? Yeah. How the, because with pins, people are making pins so easy, right? So somebody has five accounts. It doesn't have five different pins, trust me. <laughs> it's just one pin most of the times. Right, unless you're a, you're a security conscious person, mm-hmm. but that stress having to have five different pins. Yeah. So when you go to your first bank, you're trying to remember your first bank. When they're asking you savings occurrence, how do you remember? 
So you put the first your former pin, you say, oh, incorrect pin before you put in your new pin. So just make it easy for people. Just go with a glance, my dear. Just pay for your pay for your, your dinner, pay for your food, pay for your grocery, mm -hmm. and just go on, right? And for and that's for like customers, for the merchants, they, it's easy for them to turn their phones, right, into a POS machine. Yeah. So you're not going to pay for a POS machine. You're not, you, don't, you're not, you don't require any additional hardware. With your Android phone that you're using to do slaking and slaking, right? Yeah. You can turn it into like a POS device and be accepting payments. Yeah. Payment, as simple as that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what, that's what, in a yeah. summary, that's what Kova is all about. Wow. Wow. It's, it's been an amazing, um, uh, journey just watching you move on from looking for a position for six months now uh, building i would even say africa's first i don't know if there's any other person doing something like this you can correct me if i'm wrong but africa's first you know biometric um, um, payment and, and and i feel like it's the future right it's the future yeah, yeah it is yeah. the future so so just just to wrap things up because I feel like there's so many so many touch points. But just to wrap it up, what what is the best advice you would give to um, any founder right now who's building a startup from scratch? I have a lot to say, but <laughs> I just <laughs> so so first thing I'll say is an idea without execution is nothing, mm. right? So. You might have the most brilliant idea in the world. If you don't execute it, right, it will amount to nothing. Yeah. Um, the second thing is um, building a startup is not as glamorous as people make it to be, right? Yeah. Trust me, there's, there's the cool part of it, right, mm -hmm. where you know you're changing lives, like the, the lives of your customers, and you're changing the lives of people that work with you. Because yeah. of like culture that you're creating, right, within your yeah. startup and all that. Yeah. But trust me, it's it's not it's not easy. So you have to be you have to psych yourself, you have to be ready for it, right? Before you go into it. Um customers want what they want. So think for example, when I was running Kajet Lab, a yeah. customer was sent a DM by 2 a.m. and they're expecting an answer, right? And we were priding ourselves with saying that we're fast and quick, right? Fix your phone in less than 30 minutes. So that also meant that customer service had to be top-notch, yeah. right? So I would answer you by 2 a.m., even if I was going to probably pick up your phone later in the day. But I went to So sometimes it could cost me my sleep, right? Yeah. It could cost me my sleep researching. Yeah. It could cost me my sleep creating a pitch deck. It could cost me my like your your mental health like you know your idea is you've spoken to a couple of people to say guy just give me social amount of money right invest in this company or invest in this thing i'm doing like we're going to blue and someone's yeah. looking at everything that you've done and they say i don't think this is going to work huh. oh yeah yeah so you have to be able to have the heart for for it be ready to get your hands dirty ready to wear like different hats, right? You're going to be the CEO, CFO, <laughs> um, CTO, 
you're going to be the intern in your own startup, right? So you, you have to be able to humble yourself, right? And um, and and do that. I think the last thing would be for you to for you to create for you to have a great company, right? You have to you yourself have to work towards being great. Yeah. So that's that's with having a great personality, right? Having like also the, like a good work culture, right? Which is something that for me over time I worked on, right? So um, so I think this this with these few points of mine. I'm not trying to chase anyone from actually um, having a great idea and picking it up and creating it right, but just don't just get stuck on the idea, right? Execute, mm-hmm. test the waters, and if you test it and you fail, it's not the end of the world. Always remember that Tony had like three, and he's like, he's this is like the fourth one, right? Yeah. And I'm like, hopefully, like in the future, I'm still going to have like more. And it might not be me directly, right? Because I like I have lots of ideas I'm willing to give out to anybody who actually wants to use it to solve issues, right? So I'm going to be involved in like a lot of other ones also. So yeah. Wow. I think that's 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 it in a in a nutshell. <laughs> that's very, very, very loaded. Wow, that's very loaded. This this episode is definitely one to listen over and over. And it's also so, it's also like a story that can you know, encourage African startup founders and any founder, you know, across the world. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Anthony. Thank you thank so you much so for meeting yeah. us with your presence and gracing us with your story. And yeah, so guys, uh, let's look forward to the next episode on Startup Stories with Cynthia. Cheers. All right, so there you have it. Thank you so much for listening up to this point. I'm really excited that you stayed all the way to this point where you're hearing my voice. But don't just keep this to yourself. Share with community, friends, family, startup founders that you know will really, really need this. And also, send me a DM of how this has helped you or in what way you were blessed by it. You can send me an email, send me a VN. I'll be really, really excited to receive it. All right. There you have it. I remain Cynthia Ichisum, and this is Startup Stories with Cynthia.